Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. So Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And I'm so excited to have Belinda Farrell with me, who is a, um, I mean, you, you are a lot of things. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> um, but I want to I give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. I know that you're a healer. I know that you have um, worked with Hawaiian teachings. And um, you're a Huna teacher, you work with dolphins. I mean, so many things that I want to dive into. Um, but tell us about your self-healing journey, as well as your journey into becoming a healer. Oh, that's a hard place to start, too. Um, I would say the first <clears throat> 40 years of my life, I was married to a doctor, to a surgeon. And he was always trying to, you know, give me a pill or tell me I needed a surgery here and there. And I was always trying to do it, you know, the natural way, even though I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't understand anything about healing during that time. And so I think my, my tendency was to want to do things naturally, that I felt that the body could heal itself if we just gave it an opportunity. And then I had a chance to do just that. But it took a number of years. At 40, I um, divorced my husband. I had two children. And I started doing training with Tony Robbins. And we started doing these fire walks. When you walk on hot coals, it uh, does something to your ability to, you know, to think, my goodness, if I can walk on 2,000 degrees of hot coals, what else could I do in my life that I thought I couldn't do? And so that became, um, I wanted to drive a race car. I don't know where that came from, but it came from my, <laughs> from my gut. So you just, you just had this urge to drive a race car. Okay. Right. I was saying, gee, if I can walk on coals, what else could I do that's just out of this world that, you know, that I would enjoy doing? And what came up was I wanted to drive a race car. And Tony teaches you this mantra that if you say you can't, you must. And if you must, you will. So I thought, well, I can't drive a race car, but oh, I must. <laughs> so, so I called the race car driving school that was in Sonoma County, and I signed up for the Grand Prix road racing course, scared to death, because I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift at the time. And I was the only girl. And it just was very challenging. But I found out at the end of the four days that I had some talent. And so at the end of the four days, I got hired to drive for Buick and Cadillac in New York. And it was just the beginning of my stunt driving career. 
if I hadn't answered that call, I never would have had the experience that I had. We would film commercials and movies all over the world, and I had a, a partner, and we'd be on a racing team, and I, it was amazing. So I say, trust your gut. You don't know where it's going to lead you. And yet I was still this adrenaline junkie, and I was, you know, I didn't know how to rest. So I was injuring my back and thrashing it around quite a bit. And then eventually I collapsed with herniated discs and nerve damage. This is after about eight years of doing the driving and modeling and all kinds of things in the entertainment business. And then I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. Um, and I had been dropped by my insurance company because I couldn't perform anymore. So the doctors told me that, you know, you're never going to walk again unless you have surgery. But I had no insurance. So I had been studying at the time the ancient Hawaiian teachings in Hawaii. I was also doing all of this hypnosis, studying and working and past life regression. And it kept taking me to the big island of Hawaii. And I was learning how to do this self-healing stuff from the kahunas. I never thought I'd have to do it to myself. And, and what's, what's the kahuna for people who may not know? They are the, the bringers of the light. They're masters of healing. Kahuna can be in any, any um, walk of life. You have a kahuna of surfing, big master surfer. You know, the kahuna of wood, woodworking. It just means you've achieved a mastery of whatever your, you know, your, um, your skill is. So these were the kahunas of healing. And at the time, nothing was really written down in ancient times. Max Freedom Long is the man who really wrote down exactly what he saw these kahunas doing. And I studied the works of Max Freedom Long because the kahunas had never put anything down on paper. They were just doing the healings, doing the chanting, and miraculous things would happen, but you know nobody knew because it wasn't written. So I studied um, the works of Max Freedom Long and followed the recipe of how to heal yourself through the higher self, how to let go of old memories, how to forgive yourself from that, and then send the right message to your unconscious mind, which runs your body. And then that in turn, once the pipeline is free from all the past and the negative and just junk that you build up, then you can send a desire up this pipeline to your higher self. Everybody has a higher self. It lives up at the top of your head, but it has no body. So you have to invite it to come down through your breath. The breath is like a, an opening, welcoming, you know, to the higher self to come in and to heal your body. I don't know how the higher self does it. All I know is that I was healed completely. And it was like a miracle. And nothing, I was just, my spine was aligned. I had a strong spine. All the degeneration was healed. And that was 25 years ago. So from that point, so you were able to dive deeply into these ancient teachings, um, and you mentioned the chanting. Yes. Um, what was your practice like 
at that time? What were That's you doing? Question. I was doing a lot of cord cutting, which is the self-forgiveness. It's, it's where you, you see yourself up above and down below are the pictures that you have in your mind of, let's say, your mother and father. If you don't have a good rapport with your mother and father, then it's draining your electromagnetic energy. So you would put people and things down there that were draining your energy. It could be your job, you know, it could be a brother, a sister, um, could be an, an, a teacher that you had that maybe took away your power, um, anything. It could be the way you look at money, the way you look, see it, abundance, anything. So you put these little things down there and you make them very tiny so that they don't overpower you anymore. And then you send um, the message down of, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. You say those words to yourself, which is neutralizing the cords that you have connected from yourself to that person. You can't change the event. The event happened. The only thing you're changing is the way you've interpreted that event. And if it's not for your best interest, it's draining your energy, draining your life force. So you would say these words to yourself, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. And then you would take scissors or a knife or you'd spin it around you. I just kind of shake my shoulders around and then I just watch that image float away, tucking the leftover cords back inside yourself. And it doesn't take that long. It, it sounds like it does take a long time, but just thinking it, seeing it, saying the words, it's a couple seconds, really. I made um, a CD called Chant and Forgiveness, and that one takes about 20 minutes because that's the first time you've ever done it. So there might be a lot of people on that stage. <laughs> 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 I mean, lots and lots of people, including, you know, your exes, ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, ex-girlfriends, and from the beginnings of time until now. And, and would you say that is, and this is, I believe it's called Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono. Yeah. Right, right. Would you say that you're, are you still doing this? Is this? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, is, it wasn't like you did it that one time, which was, I feel, um, instrumental in your healing, but yeah. then it's, it's an ongoing practice for you. Do you brush your teeth every day? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So I say, you know, do you take a shower or a bath? You fix yourself, you brush your hair. Why wouldn't you do the cleaning on the inside as well? Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. So um, you were, you were work, walking on fire <laughs> and then you were a stunt car driver and then you went on a journey to heal yourself. So what was the, uh, the link for you from that point to becoming a healer for others? Well, I knew I could heal myself. That was a biggie. You know, they say, physician, heal thyself. And I always felt that I helped people to heal, but it's really up to the person to want to heal. You just open the door and you make things available, but their body, if they want to heal, they will heal. And if they don't, they won't. Your body is like a, a laboratory, a chemical laboratory. You can make Valium. 
when you go into a meditative state and you're just peaceful, you're making Valium. And there's also a chemical called interleukin-2. And it's given to cancer patients, kidney, especially kidney cancer. One round of it is about $40,000. But you make interleukin-2 in your own body. When you go to Disneyland or if you, whatever, when you're happy, 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 just happy, happy, you're making millions of dollars of interleukin-2. But if you're sad and you're depressed, your interleukin-2 goes down, your stress levels go down, and you don't produce that, that chemical. So we're just, again, the conscious mind is constantly talking to the unconscious mind, which is running our body with all these chemicals. So if you get angry, the unconscious mind is going to send a chemical wacko to, you know, to bruise your heart muscle. And that's the leading cause of death in this country is from heart attacks. Anger is one of the biggest problems. How do you tell a person to stop being angry? They but, can't, right? I mean, it's not. Yeah. They need to go a little deeper than that. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the first step done in self-healing? Let's say that similar to your journey, someone has a physical issue or perhaps it's, it's more emotional, um, more the feeling of um, numbness or stuckness or something feeling heavy and they're not quite sure where to start or how to start. Where, where do we start healing or healing ourselves? Well, the, the idea with HUNA is that you take 100% responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. Like with my back, I had to say, what am I saying to myself that created this, you know, back to just completely deteriorate? And I used to have people come when they were coming for a session with me to write down what they said to themselves in just one piece of paper. And you'd be surprised. Most people really are very not kind to themselves at all in the way that they talk to themselves. And that runs your body. So I got in touch with the way I was speaking to my body and I found out I was saying, I can't be supported. So if I'd been saying that to myself for some 40 plus years that I can't be supported, the support system, which is my spine, listened to that and collapsed. It did exactly what I told it to do. It stopped supporting me. So I had to turn that around and say, thank you for remembering to support me. Thank you for regenerating. These are key words to get the unconscious mind to do something, you know, reversing it. It's like a computer. That's all it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to uh, re regenerate. <laughs> and that's exactly what it did. It started to regenerate. And within the month, I was in bed, I was bedridden for a month. And I'd say I was working on my emotions and the, the past and bringing things up that I had no idea were lodged in my spine. I talk about that in the book. And once these things got to the surface and I was able to put closure on it, my healing just accelerated. And I started seeing myself climbing trees. And that's what you have to give the unconscious mind, something fun 
to because it's the emotional part of ourselves it holds all, all our emotions so when it saw me climbing trees you have to have a good spine to climb trees but it sent climbing trees up to the higher self and the higher self healed me how do you um or what do you recommend people about working with a healer then um I am 100% with you in the sense that that decision and that owning of responsibility has to come from the person. But when would you tell someone that um, they should go see a healer or work with someone that they trust? Trust, that's a very big word. You have to want to heal. I mean, that's the main thing. And so you have to find somebody that's in alignment with, with you because there are some healers, so-called healers, that will drain the energy from the other person. And, you know, it's again, finding where that, that compromise is. Um, I think when you decide to do it yourself, all I had was me and my higher self, and I had this recipe that I had learned in Hawaii of clearing out my negative thought forms through the Ho'oponopono. That's literally what I did, and it worked. So I, you know, I don't know that everybody can do something like that on their own. Because my son, he was having horrible back problems, and his dad had convinced him that he needed surgery. So he went the surgery route, and as a result of that, got dependent on painkillers, which eventually took his life but he wasn't ready to do any self-healing. He saw me heal myself, but he was just in disbelief. You know, he, he wasn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. so, so if someone's ready for that, <laughs> they're quite, um, I, I feel like you were in a, in a lucky position where, or perhaps you were just open to it that you were drawn to these teachings right? You mentioned being drawn to the big island and being drawn to all this um, meditative goodness, if you will. So if someone is at a point where they're sort of opening up to it, but they're not quite sure which direction to go, what would you say to them? Well, I'd say listen. Listen for your guidance, because you're getting guidance all the time. You know, people just don't pay attention to it. So I'd say try to quiet the mind and just see what comes up as a result. Like when I heard that I was going to drive a race car, you know, where did that come from? Your gut is constantly trying to tell you the truth. And you either, you know, preface it by saying, oh, I'm not ready for that. Oh, that, don't, well, that won't work. You know, you just have to listen because the answers are really there. And when I went to Hawaii, to the big island, I hadn't told anybody, but the, my friends and family knew how fearful I was of the water. I hated water. And here I was going to this island surrounded by water. I just hated it. Never went in a swimming pool. Just water was not in my repertoire. <laughs> and then I had... Um, I had an experience of breathing, doing the ha breath and feeling these dolphins and seeing them, dolphins and whales just pouring into my psyche. 
And I thought, what in the world? Where are these things coming from? They've never been on my radar. And that night I was dreaming and dolphins were teaching me how to swim. So I'd wake up and I thought, I really want to be out there with these beans, but I have to get through the water. How am I going to do this? <laughs> they can't come to me. Were you able to swim at that point? I couldn't swim. But you know, the ocean in Hawaii is so full of salt that it just holds you up. So I had a friend take me out and I had a boogie board and we went out and a huge bottlenose dolphin came and just stared at me. And I felt like it was downloading all this information. And I was hooked. I was completely hooked. I, I, my fear of the water went away. I just wanted to be with these sentient beings. That's who they are. And so they taught me how to swim and to dive. And I started taking people on seminars and groups and calling in the wild dolphins. They love the chance. And so I was doing that and had been doing that for 20 years. This is the first time I'm going just with my partner and we're going to go swim with the dolphins in a couple of weeks. That's, yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is that you, first of all, you were open to listening and you were open to guidance. And then when you heard the guidance, you took action. You actually found a friend to support you. You got your, uh, bored to hold on to just in case <laughs> you, you opened yourself just like with the race car driving you opened yourself up to the experience which i think is very valuable for everyone listening to um, you have to be ready to push forward you, you really have to take action i'm a fire sign maybe that helps and kind of an adrenaline junkie and not so much anymore but i'm you know <laughs> right i do take chances and you know, and sometimes they've paid off. Can you tell uh, us a little bit about the, um, the business side of the, the healing? Or how, um, what kind of a journey that has been for you, building a healing business and the soul growth? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how it developed too, because I, I wanted to be an actress all my life, that's what I wanted to be, but I wasn't really hungry for it. I did, I did some plays, I did some modeling, some runway work, um, and then the stunt car driving came in and I did a few movies, nothing to write home about. <laughs> but anyway, it, it made me feel that it just wasn't for me because all the attention, and we did one film, uh, 25 years ago, and it, it got in People magazine, and we were on all these talk shows, and and I found that I didn't like all the attention. I wanted to run away. I wanted, I didn't like the questions that the press was giving. I just didn't, I didn't like it. I wanted to, just like I said, run away. <laughs> so it it turned to the fact that I could help heal people, and I was doing a better job of that. And I kind of slipped into the healing work gradually from just not wanting to do the, the, the acting anymore. And um, it just provided me with a you know, fairly good living. I mean, you're not gonna get rich. This is not, it's a calling when you are doing healing work. It's more of a calling than anything, you know, than winning the lottery or whatever, but I felt so good helping people 
and I still do because when you help someone it's like you heal yourself at the same time and I just um, I did it for many many years and then I discovered um, the reconnection and reconnective healing so I wasn't just doing Huna anymore I'd studied that and added that to my repertoire to my resume and that was really exciting doing the reconnection with people have you heard of the reconnection i have i've, I've read um dr eric pearl right. right i've read his books um i haven't ex experienced the healing but i've i i'm aware of um when you method. do the reconnection when you do that it's a once in a lifetime and there are these um sacred strands and strings that are placed over your acupuncture points of your body. Um, you just do it once in a lifetime. It's an hour each day for two days. And I had that done. And shortly after that, I got the message that I was going to write my book. That's what it does is it accelerates you to the next level. Because I didn't really want to write a book. I didn't have a lot of discipline. I wanted to go out and play, you know. What do you mean sit down in front of a computer and write? <laughs> so, no, I'd rather go out rollerblading, you know, or go swimming. Um, so it was a big step when I had my reconnection done. And then suddenly someone came into my life that was going to help me organize my thoughts and, you know, keep me uh, working towards getting chapters done. And then after three years, you know, it, it, uh, it launched 12, 21, 12. Do you wanna, would you like to tell us a little bit about your book and what it is about? Well, it's about finding your friggin' joy. <laughs> Once Which is the title of your book also, right? Finding your friggin' joy. <laughs> well, it takes you through, you know, what you can do to take responsibility to clean up your life so that you can be in the present time. And I call it the plaque of the soul. And it's through ancient Hawaiian healing that you can remove this plaque, which are the cords that you cut when you do the self-forgiveness. And you free yourself from that, you know, weight of all of those, you know, interpretations that you've been carrying around with you for lifetimes. So that's what it is. It'll take you on a journey to release. I have the whole cord cutting procedure in the book. Um, I have some of the chants in the book. And I'm hoping to do an audio book to translate it for um, audio because some of the chants should be listened to. They're very, very powerful. I want to dive a little bit more about the self-forgiveness part. Um, when we were communicating about this interview, you said something about um, self-forgiveness to make right, right. What does that mean? Well, you're making right inside of you two, two times. I mean, you're really cleaning it up. So they just wanted to emphasize it. They're making it right, right. That's just how the Hawaiians interpreted it. They used to just do it at uh, sunset when they would gather as a family in a circle when the, when the sun would come down on the water and they would let go of any anger, fear, hurt, sadness, shame, guilt that confronted them during the day. And it would all fall into the water and dissipate 
you know, with the, with the rising seas. But now we get to do it with our own higher self. We get to forgive ourselves for the way we've interpreted. Um, you put yourself down there too, because how many times have you said to yourself, oh, I'm a jerk or I'm this or I'm that. And those are chords that you don't need to have anymore. So you'd see that person down there and you'd send her light, send her through the breath, and then just say, I'm sorry. You know, I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. You can even use that as a mantra during the day. You know, you're, you're talking to yourself all the time anyway, so you might as well say something good to yourself. So let's say some sadness comes up or something that you don't even know why you, you feel bad. You just start feeling depressed. If you just start saying those words, you're going to feel better, and you don't know why, and it doesn't matter. You just feel better. It's like taking a pill, a Valium, only it's your own chemistry it's your own chemical yes yeah no that's beautiful so um in in that space of giving ourselves the time to first of all see the chords and then to say you know what i'm okay with this and i'm making it okay by forgiving it and asking for forgiveness right um i'm sorry and please forgive me well, you know, the higher self sees you as immaculate. You've never done anything wrong with your higher self. It's the ego that will have you think that, you know, you're a terrible person, you're not worthy, and that's just so much of a lie. So when you're with the higher self, you don't have to beg for forgiveness. You just say, I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. It's a done deal. Yeah. And it's so simple. Yes, it is. <laughs> Isn't it? Just four sentences. Yes. Everybody wants something really complicated, you know, and that's the ego telling you that it has to be complicated. No, truth is really simple. Mm -hmm. Simple, stupid, wasn't that the... <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to ask, I, I wanna, I'd love to hear a little bit more about Huna teachings and what exactly, um, how exactly they work through the body or through the, the methods? Well, first of all, it's accepting, you know, that you're going to lead a hurtless life. So a hurtless life means you're not going to say bad things about yourself or about somebody else. It's going to be hurtless. And so that's one of the assumptions that you take on when you study Huna is to lead a hurtless life. And if you do, you know, mess up, then you get to forgive yourself, you know, to keep it going. You know, you cut cords. I do it every night in the bathtub. I do it in the car. Do it whenever I want to spruce myself up a little bit and feel better. And the other thing is accepting responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. Those are the two main premises of the Huna healing. I teach four different levels. There are 36 symbols that you can also apply to your life, and half of them are for the earth plane, and the other half take you out into spirit. They're, it's a study, you know, the chance and everything, but it's more for self-healing because you learn it and you, you, know, you use it in your life. They're very practical tools, especially a lot of the um, 
Oh, the symbols. They're very practical. <laughs> what are you learning right now about self-healing and healing? What are you excited about? What are you, uh, what's, what's your growth that's happening right now? I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> We're all getting older. And, you know, it, I'm, I'm not as agile at rollerblading like I was before. I'm in my mid-70s. But you still are. You are rollerblading. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. And, you know, I'm just not, um, I'm finding, you know, there's just more, more challenges, you know, as you get older. But you just don't want to lose your, your laughter and your good nature because that's, that's the main thing is to keep a good sense of humor as you get older. Everybody talks about, you know, how they're falling apart. I don't want to be around those kind of people. So I want to surround myself with um, happier people. And that's what I try to do. I have a great partner, and he's very positive, and he's older than me. <laughs> and we play tennis together. And, yeah, I hope to do that as long as we can. Beautiful. So um, I, I actually want to bring it all together. And actually, how, how do people find out about what you do and um, all your beautiful healing work? Well, my, my website is Huna Healing, H-U-N-A Healing.com. Um, I'm not doing the dolphin trips anymore, but they can you know, see if they want to take any HUNA training, and that would be here in Santa Cruz, or they can get my book, which is also available on Amazon. And I have three CDs that are chanting. One will take them, take them through the process of the forgiveness, called Chanted Forgiveness. Another one called Sleepy Time. It's just that for people who can't go to sleep. It quiets the mind. And then the other one is Enchantment. And that's the one that has, um, oh, the breathing that takes you up into the higher self. And it has the sounds of dolphins and whales. And that one you can even play in the car because it doesn't tell you to close your eyes. Yeah. So when you look back at this journey, what do you think is the, is the, was your mantra or the thing that you were learning throughout all of this? I know that's a big question. <laughs> you know, my very first job when I got out of college um, was playing Snow White at Disneyland. And so I was there with these seven little dwarfs. And I don't know, I think it was quite symbolic because she does stand for higher, you know, higher principles, higher goals, and the seven dwarfs are the seven chakras. So I, I think back on that a lot, and I was just wondering how my life was paved because um, I was also recruited by the CIA, and I didn't go with them. I took a different path. And, you know, you, you just wonder if you had taken that path, your whole life would have been totally in a different spot. And I think we're guided. You know, somehow we're, we're guided, and I, we just have to tune in and be grateful that we've chosen the path we've chosen. I have no regrets whatsoever. 
Belinda, thank you so much. I mean, this has been an absolute pleasure. I feel like I can, <laughs> I can just listen to you talk for another hour. Um, is there anything else that you wish to say to our listeners? So these are um, the people who are on a journey of self-healing and healing and or perhaps even becoming a healer. I just love you. <laughs> I love you and I I admire anybody who takes it upon themselves to, you know, to to do healing or to just make themselves their lives better. I just think it's such a worthy um endeavor to do that. And it's not easy. It's really not easy, but it's so worth it in the end and if I can help in any way just to give you confidence to know that everything works out for the best. Even if you've made a choice and you think that it's bad, you always have another choice. So there are no bad choices because you always learn from whatever you've done. Um, I just say hallelujah and keep moving forward. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this conversation. Um, I will include links to Belinda's website, hunahealing.com. And if you're interested, I uh, am offering a free resource on my website called uh, 12 Questions to Determine Your Energetic Wounds, uh, which is all about discovering um, what energetic wounds might be playing themselves out. Uh, and I find that that's a great step in towards healing to sit down with that and discover what may be going on underneath the anger, underneath the fear, underneath the worries. So take a look at that. I will include a link to that for on my website, a drop of home, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. And if this conversation spoke to you in any way, please share it in any particular way that feels authentic and good to you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Belinda. Well, mahalo. <laughs>